Welcome to Freshwater Cleveland's Fresh Faces podcast. Freshwater Cleveland is an online publication focused on the people, places, and projects shaping and transforming our city. This podcast focuses on the first part of that equation, the catalytic talent making change on the ground in Cleveland. I'm your host, Jen Jones Donatelli. For season two of the Fresh Faces podcast, we're featuring the creative, courageous, and resilient Fresh Innovators a group of talented professionals recognized by the Cleveland Leadership Center and Freshwater Cleveland in August 2020. In this series, we'll be shining a light on the work these six Clevelanders are doing to affect change in our communities. Today's Fresh Faces guest is Kate Kennedy. Kate is the Executive Director of Unveil, a social impact startup that she likens to Google Maps for court cases to help defendants better navigate the criminal justice system. She's also deeply passionate about democracy and is currently working on a doctoral dissertation about voting trends in mayoral elections here in Cleveland and other legacy cities. In this episode, we learn more about Kate and all the ways she's empowering Clevelanders to find their civic voice. Hi, Kate. Welcome to the Fresh Faces podcast. Hey, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. Congratulations on being one of the 2020 Fresh Innovators. Thank you. It's such an exciting you know, time for us at Unveil, and we were so pre- pleasantly surprised to receive the award, and it was just really a great platform for us. So I know you're currently a PhD student at Cleveland State's Levin College of Urban Affairs, but you're also a little bit of a Cleveland boomerang, having lived in five states over a period of four years before coming back. So share a little bit about your connections to Cleveland and what brought you back here. I pursued my interest pretty early in life and started volunteering for political campaigns by at like 13. And by 18, I had worked on every kind of campaign from city council to presidential races. Um, After I graduated from high school, I attended DePaul University in Chicago, where I learned from really brilliant community organizers uh, on the Southwest side there, um, and specifically the community was advocating for immigration reform and criminal justice reform, you know, two policy issues that are very relevant today. Um, After I uh, finished undergrad, I became what many people call a campaign mercenary, and was campaigning from New Hampshire to California and lived in five states in four years. And during that time, you know, I got to see firsthand both like the vast diversity of this country and also the common threads that really bring people together. Um, And then after that, I returned to Cleveland and I joined moveon.org, which is the largest independent digital organizing group in the country. Um, And then I also decided to pursue my master's degree at that time. And so the only school I considered was the live-in college at Cleveland State uh, because of the urban-focused program. Um, There's just like no question of where I wanted to go. So I earned my NS in urban studies and urban policy there, and then actually immediately rolled into the PhD program um, to to pursue my own research interests and also elevate my writing as well. Um, So, you know, I consider myself an advocate and a researcher. Um, a social impact entrepreneur, really focusing my efforts on pushing institutions to be more democratic and produce fairer and more equitable outcomes 
for all of us, especially those who are disproportionately impacted. Wow, and it sounds like you had a strong sense of the direction you wanted to go from a very young age. So what do you think instilled this desire in you to make an impact in this way? So I'm really lucky uh, to come from a home um, and from a family who, you know, were not afraid to talk about the tough issues and, you know, the inequities happening in our country and around the world. Um, and so I, you know, I come from a family who is um, very involved in, uh, you know, social equity issues and, you know, involved in democracy work. So I, I give them a lot of credit. Um, and then in addition to that, um, I went to an international middle school and high school. And that was really formative for me being able to, you know, live in such uh, an international community during that time. Um, I went to Andrews School, which is a girls school and an international school from sixth to 12th grade. And so um, being in an all girls environment was really beneficial for me. Being in such a diverse environment was really beneficial and they really let me spread my wings and pursue my passions. And you mentioned that you've spent a lot of time on the campaign trail, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, from the age of 13 on. So what were some of the campaigns that really made an imprint on you that you worked on? Oh my gosh, okay. So um, my first campaign, like as a staffer, um, after I graduated from college was on the Ohio Democratic Party's coordinated campaign. Um, and Senator Sherry Brown was at the top of that ticket. And then we also folded in with the Obama campaign during GOTV. And so I was a field organizer that time. And, you know, that's where, where most people start. And it was really a, an all-star team managing that race. Um, I made some friendships that, um, you know, of course have lasted to this day. Um, and then, you know, another race that really jumped out at me is the New Hampshire Democratic Party's coordinated campaign in uh, 2014. That ticket was a historic all-female ticket. Um, both the, uh, the governor, the senator, and both congressional candidates were all women. And so, um, it was a successful race um, in an, a year that was pretty tough for Democrats. Um, and then also having the opportunity to work for these amazing women candidates was the experience of a lifetime. Wow. And I know 2020 has been a roller coaster year for a lot of us, but I imagine since it's, since it's a campaign year or an election year, I should say, um, that this has kind of been an energizing time for you. Yeah, you know, obviously, this is a really scary, uncertain time for everybody and frankly, a really painful time um, this summer, especially. Um, but there's no question that this is really an energizing uh, time for me um, and also unveil as well, because what we're doing really speaks uh, to the moment in this country. That's a great segue, uh, because I'd love to talk about your work with unveil. And from what I understand, it actually um, kind of started unintentionally. Uh, so tell me a little bit about how this work grew out of Hack Cleveland Scopathon. So our group has a very unconventional and kind of fortuitous origin story. So we were all six strangers who attended the Scopathon in October of 2018. And so we attended because we all wanted to make a difference. Um, and we were assigned into groups by the event organizers based on diverse skill sets and perspectives. And so once our group was assigned, we immediately clicked. And so we created a pitch during the Scopathon and we won first prize 
including seed funding from the Cleveland Foundation, support from the Cut Group, among other prizes. And so we did not attend this Scopathon thinking that we would leave as social impact entrepreneurs, but that's exactly what happened. Um, there were many points along the way that this work could have stalled or life could have gotten in the way of really advancing this project, but that never happened. And so, you know, as time has gone on, we've continually grown our work. Um, we started a course last year at Cleveland Marshall College of Law. We participated in two accelerators this summer at the same time. Um, you know, we've won awards for our work and like many other accomplishments. And so we feel like we've done a lot, but then at the same time, we're just getting started. So how would you describe the mission of Unveil and why is it so needed in today's society? Absolutely. So Unveil is a 501c3 social impact startup that is dedicated to helping defendants navigate the criminal legal system. And we've taken upon ourselves to create Google Maps for Google Maps for court cases. Um, you know, this project, um, you know, was really took formation, you know, two years ago, right? But, you know, we've seen this summer that something like this is needed now more than ever. Um, we need to balance, we need to balance power between, you know, the criminal legal system and the public, especially those who are disproportionately affected. Um, you know, while this app is definitely defendant-centric, it alleviates burdens and costs for, you know, the entire system and communities as well. Um, we've heard countless stories of folks who were arrested and felt like the process was kind of whizzing by them and they had zero control of the outcome. They answered questions the way that they thought they were supposed to. They accepted agreements that they thought were the best possible outcomes for them when that wasn't the case. Um, and, you know, they, their situation was made worse by the fact that legal information is not democratized uh, in the United States. Um, and so the way we think about it is we think about the legal system like a wheel with many different spokes, right? You have defendants, bailiffs, judges, police officers, attorneys, court administrators, parole officers, right? And they all convene at a hub. And so Unveil is the hub for defendants and defendants are, are our users. And so our product provides users with trusted information so that no matter what your socioeconomic status, your race, your gender, your age, your education level, anyone can access the wealth of information that we require to better understand the legal process and the choices that, you know, as a defendant, you're asked to make along the way. And then of course the possible outcomes, right? And so this, product allows, you know, defendants and their families to kind of better advocate for themselves. Um, it alleviates pressure, you know, from, you know, public and private defenders um, who are often quite overworked. Uh, it alleviates unnecessary strains on the justice system by sending reminders to our users about upcoming meetings and court appearances. Um, so we're really addressing that court, uh, that court appearance rate, which is you know, something that's a challenge for both defendants and the court systems as well. Um, and then ultimately it really reduces the, the, the burdens for both, you know, our users who are defendants, but then their families and the court system and the overall community. Um, and so one of our, you know, trusted early collaborators, Anthony Boddy of the Bail Project, told us that defendants needed a ways for the legal system. And that's exactly what we've created. Um, and so this, this tool is really a hub for defendants to ensure that all of these kind of 
spokes in the wheel are connected so the wheel can turn in a in a fair manner for everybody involved wow so have you had any I hesitate to use the word success stories, but um, <laughs> case studies or examples of the impact it's been able to make? Yeah, so we created a prototype uh, that's interactive. Um, and so it's clickable, um, it's, it's interactive. And so what we did is we collaborated with uh, the Civic User Testing Group and City Tech Collaborative to create um, an initial user testing phase. And so we just got the results from our first user test last week, and we're thrilled to report that the response was overwhelmingly positive. Um, the vast majority of the users either were defendants themselves or had a close family member or loved one who was involved in the system. And so we, you know, we have some, some tweaks that we're going to make based on the feedback, but really it encouraged us that we were going in the right direction and that there is a need for this product and people in the community are looking for a product like this. Wow, so being that this project kind of grew out of a competition, but has actually evolved into um, an initiative and, and, a pro and an app, um, you know, how has this changed your own trajectory for what you're doing with your career? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I, am, I feel so fulfilled right now. Um, I'm now the executive director um, of Unveil and, you know, a PhD candidate at the Levin College. Um, you know, I'm really focused on, on Unveil right now. And there's years ahead uh, of work to ensure that we're that trusted advisor um, for individuals and families. And so it's kind of hard for me to like think beyond that moment. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm really committed to making Unveil both not only a success in Cleveland, but in cities across the country. And why do you think something like this is uniquely needed here in Cleveland? You know, I think that cities across the country can benefit from a product like this because we just don't live in a system where legal information is democratized, right? Legal information is often kept by gatekeepers, right? And so if you're, you know, impacted by the legal system, you know, we believe that it is your right to understand uh, what's happening in that system that is being implemented upon you. Um, I think particularly in a place like Cleveland, um, you know, I have to first acknowledge that the legal system has caused a lot of pain for people in this city. Um, and I think that a way to empower folks who have experienced pain from the legal system is providing them with the information that they are constitutionally entitled to. Absolutely. And just out of curiosity, because I know you are a PhD student, what is, what is the dissertation that you're working on? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> my interest in pursuing a PhD was actually as a result of doing some kind of just like anecdotal late night research on mayoral voting trends in Cleveland. So between 2005 and 2017, voter participation in Cleveland's mayoral elections decreased by 40%. Oh, wow. Um, and during that same time period, Cleveland's population decreased by 15%. And so for me, of course, being someone who cares deeply about democracy, who has worked on campaigns, for me, this sounded like a five alarm fire, 
but I wasn't seeing a lot of research really probing why this steep decline was happening. Why was this that case? And so that is what really sparked my interest in actually pursuing a PhD so I could kind of use that as a vehicle to dive deeper into what you know, the, some possible causes for this would be. Wow, so what have you learned so far in terms of voter engagement in Cleveland and why it's decreased around mayoral elections? Yeah, so you know, my um, amazing professors that I'm working with said, you know, they really encouraged me to look kind of beyond Cleveland to see if this was happening that was some that if this was happening across legacy cities, right? These post industrial legacy cities like Cleveland, like Buffalo, like Toledo, um, to determine if this was something unique to Cleveland or if something that was this was happening in other places. And so, you know, I'm my first kind of area of focus is going to be doing some analysis on uh, voting trends in legacy cities during this time period to determine if Cleveland is kind of a unique outlier or if this is a trend that's happening in other places like Cleveland. Wow, and do you hope to release any of your findings before the next mayoral election or do any sort of work around trying to um, engage voters in that way? Yeah, so I am still currently in the classwork phase of the PhD program. And so I haven't actually started my dissertation work yet. So I'll be finished with the coursework uh, for the program in May, and then actually start some of the, the probing these deeper research questions next summer. Got it. And I know another thing that's been keeping you busy around voting is a project called Filer Voter 2020. So what is that all about? Yes, so Filer Voter 2020 is a, an experiment conducted by uh, the Brookings Institution. And so this year I served as the Ohio program manager uh, for this experiment, which measures the effectiveness of offering voter registration and turnout reminders to low and moderate income households during the income tax filing process. Um, these, uh, the sites were VITA, most commonly referred to as the VITA sites. And so during uh, the tax filing season, right during the first part of the year, I was making sure that uh, the experiment was running smoothly here in Ohio. Um, it was the intermediary between kind of the Ohio experiment and the larger Brookings experiment. I see. And so when will the findings of the experiment be available? So the, you know, the first phase of um, registering folks uh, and requesting that they fill out these reminder postcards has you know, been completed because the tax filing season is over. And so now the second phase of the experiment will be sending these reminder postcards to those who participated in the program uh, this fall before the election. And so then we'll be able to really look into the findings after that. Very cool, I love it. And um, I guess finally, I wanted to learn a little bit more about the Smart City Catalog Project um, and just First of all, what, what is a smart city and um, what interested you in doing this work? So I work with the public sector liaison uh, at Cleveland State University, um, Dr. Nicholas Spingali, and he works with the IoT Collaborative, which is a partnership between Case and Cleveland State. And so uh, part of my work with Dr. Dingali and the IoT Collaborative 
is actually around the Public Sector Advisory Committee. And so this is a committee of public sector leader, leaders who are involved um, in like IoT or smart city type of work um, who provide recommendations and advisement to the IOTC around you know, their focus areas. And so one thing that they requested of us was, look, there's really no way to access the, assess the landscape of smart cities. That was kind of one issue. The other issue is we want to see who's doing similar work so we can collaborate with them, so we can pursue funding opportunities, et cetera. And so what really came out of that conversation and also with support from the Cleveland Foundation was the Smart City Catalog project. And so it was developed to capture and understand the landscape of these smart city projects in the greater Cleveland area. Um, and so we gathered that information and published the results online, actually on the IoT website, so that these organizations would be better uh, able to solve community problems, um, so that they would be able to pursue funding opportunities together and really increase the visibility of smart city projects, uh, IoT, and data-driven decision-making pro uh, projects in Cuyahoga County. And so um, this information and this catalog really helps public sector organizations um, amplify their work and connect to other uh, organizations uh, pursuing similar goals. And so our, prod, you know, our catalog project is really focused on kind of like a few key areas. So, um, you know, these projects are often kind of in the data management, economic or urban planning, public safety, social services, and utilities and public resources spaces. Um, and they're all brought together uh, kind of by the mode that they um, execute their projects on. So, for example, um, a lot of these projects use remote sensing and sensors. Um, a lot of these projects use IoT products. A lot of these uh, projects use big data or big data decision making um, as a vehicle for the project. So it sounds like, you know, you're definitely keeping busy <laughs> as a PhD student. Um, yeah. And so, but, all, but the intersection, like you said, is being a social impact entrepreneur. So where do yeah. you see yourself heading in the future? What are your goals? Yeah, you know, I'm really uh, committed to Unveil um, and scaling this organization, not just only locally here at Cleveland, but we hope to expand in, in cities across the country. And so those are really my, my goals for the future. Awesome. And since this is the Fresh Faces podcast, who is a fresh face in Cleveland that you think deserves more attention? Oh, my gosh. Um, so I have to really be very clear about who I think um, deserves more credit in the work here in Cleveland, um, and that's Black women. You know, Black women in Cleveland are the ones who are doing this critically important democracy building work. Uh, I would like to first shout out my friend Chi Chi over at Enlightened Solutions. They are doing some amazing work studying the experience of Black women in Cleveland. I want to shout out Kayla Griffin, who is doing amazing work around voting in Ohio. I want to shout out Erica Anthony, who is doing amazing work at Cleveland Votes and the Ohio Transformation Fund. And it has really been our Shepherd at Unveil, and I just can't thank her enough. I also want to shout out um, Danielle, who is our president at the NAACP, who is doing an absolutely incredible 
job leading this organization. Um, she's a really amazing asset uh, to this community. And I'm so, I'm so glad that they're all here doing this amazing work and they absolutely uh, deserve, deserve more credit for all the hard work that they're doing. I've had the privilege of meeting and writing about a lot of the people you just mentioned, and I couldn't agree more. So thank you so much for giving them a shout out. Absolutely. And if, um, if people want to get involved in the work you're doing or learn more about the work you're doing, um, how can they do that? Yeah, so definitely visit our website, unbail.org. Uh, you can sign up to keep in touch with us uh, through the website. Um, and we would love to kind of really amass uh, our communication list to make sure that we can stay in touch with folks. Awesome, Kate. Well, thank you so much for being on the Fresh Faces podcast today. Awesome. Thank you so much. If you'd like to learn more about the Fresh Innovators or hear more episodes, please go to freshwatercleveland.com. There, you can also get post-event access to the Grit to Great event, where the Fresh Innovators were honored in August 2020. Thanks for listening.